to communicate with our guest that's coming and he's had some issues and I finally we got that cleared up yesterday he uh, overbooked and didn't realize it till just recently and he had an international trip and they had him scheduled to come home about time our meeting was starting he said I told him he said, I spent almost all night on the phone with Delta trying to get it changed, and they thought they could change it for 3500 and I told them to do it, and then they still couldn't change it. So, we're going to be a week later. We're going, instead of starting the 18th, we're going to start the 25th. That's just, uh, yeah, the way it's worked out, and... Uh, don't we believe God gets involved in our circumstances? There's no circumstance comes in a believer's life that didn't come by Father first. Amen? So, just keep praying. So, instead of two weeks, it's three weeks. So, what else do we need to do to get ready? The barn's pretty ready, so it must be us, huh? Must be us. Okay. Well, let's see. I want us to pray for our country. We got some guests and we take our offering. I want you to meet Rock Pipestem. He's over here. He's hard to overlook. And you'll meet Ernest Turner. He's hard to overlook. Ernest is a missionary to Senegal, West Africa. So we have, uh, he's been part of our lives and we've, as a church, have supported him for several years. So, um, Byron, why don't you come? I want you to pray over the, for our country this morning. Ernest, I want you to be part of that. Just come on. <clears throat> we, we need to keep praying for our country. I, I, let me read you a couple little ditties here that I had. <clears throat> Biden taunt taunts brave right-wing Americans saying they'll need more than guns to fight his government. Yeah, that burp. Here's one. A former Kansas teacher receives $95,000 from the district that disciplined her for refusing to use preferred pronouns and she would not lie to parents I mean there's a lot of things happening in our country on August 23rd Pope Francis ordered all the financial assets of the Holy See and connected entities to be moved to the Vatican Bank before the end of September I mean there's a shaking going on in all of the earth but our God's bigger. And he'll take care of those that snuggle up to him. Oh, Father God, you're just so good, Father. And we give you thanks, Father. And Father, we do. We bring our country before the court of heaven this morning, Father God. Amen. Father, if you can turn the hearts of kings, I know you can turn the hearts of our, our president and those that are, that are beneath him and in charge of our country, Father. I continue to pray the, the fear of the Lord would fall upon our our leaders father you said the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom 
So, Father God, I just, I, I just lift our president to you, Father God. I pray that you change his heart, our vice president. And like I said, any, any, any of those beneath him, Father God, in the Senate and the Congress, Father, that you would, you would put your hand in it, Father. Father, you're just so good, Father. Lord, you're just so good, Father, and we thank you. I thank you that, that all things work together for good, Father, for those that are called according to your purpose, Father. We love the Lord. And we just bless you, Father, and we thank you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we're reminded today in First Chronicles you speak about 200 leaders that were set aside, sons of Issachar that understood their times and knew what to do. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you would begin to manifest and that you'd begin to move by your Spirit in such a way that we would see sons of Issachar daughters of Issachar rise up Lord he he says it wasn't only the sons but their relatives and those that they were responsible for were set aside because they knew and they were sensitive to the times uh, that in which they were living and father so we ask for that today we ask for that in our government we ask for it Lord in our state governments and in our cities Lord in our leadership across the board wherever their leaders Lord may they may they be raised up to be like uh, sons of Issachar and we pray father that you'd help us to understand that uh, nothing comes as a surprise to you uh, we think of Joseph today O oh Lord that when he was a small boy you began to you began to give him dreams. You began to give him visions. And, and, and he was bold enough to share those visions. And Father, I believe that there, there's a generation of Josephs that are being raised up today, Lord. Harvesters, those that are prepared for the harvest. We, we're talking about three weeks away from a special meeting in the barn, Lord. That the harvesters, those, the prayer warriors, the intercessors can start uh, moving in a, in a magnificent way, in a very special way, Lord, that when the harvest comes, that we're ready and we know what to do. We know how to handle it and, and how to get them plugged in. We know, O oh Lord, that so many that receive the seed allow the, 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 the thorns and the thistles and the cares of this life to stra strangle out and to squeeze out, Lord, the seed that you've sown. And we pray that you'd help us to avoid that. Help us to avoid that as we do the counseling and the follow-up afterwards. Prepare us now, Lord, so that those kind of things don't come as a surprise and that your work might indeed... Uh, go from a new level Lord to, to, to come to a new level from glory to glory we know you you wanting to move us as a church and so we're asking for a new level here uh, in the in this month of September a new spiritual level Lord that we might step up to a new level because of what you're doing in and through each one here and and in this bond revival 
Father, we thank you for our leaders here today, and we pray that you would continue to pour your wisdom and your understanding into their hearts and uh, show them, Father, uh, and, and, and use them to remind us uh, which way we should go. And may we together, as Moses uh, stood and watched the battle taking place below, and uh, the, 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 the her and whatever his name was, held his arms up. And, and so long as their arms were held up, and so long as we hold our leaders up in prayer, Lord, you're going to give us the victory every time. And so we just uh, commit this country to you, Lord. This is a special day. We thank you for the service men and women that paid the ultimate price and uh, died for this nation, Lord. We, we appreciate the freedom, Lord. We appreciate the liberty that we have. People are, people are dying to get into this place, Lord, because it's a special place. Uh, you've had your hand upon America from the beginning, Lord. And even as we go back and as we look through history, Lord, and we are reminded of uh, those that you used in the beginning, help us to carry that torch of liberty and freedom as we shine for you, Lord. For we know that you, when we begin to know you as the truth, you will set us free once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Ernest, I was glad to see you this morning after I recognized who you were. <laughs> I saw him out there and I said, do I know you? And then I figured out, yeah, I know Ernest. <laughs> no, I'm sorry I didn't recognize you right off the bat, but I'm so glad you're here. And I want to tell you that we go with you as you go back. And I know your wife is already over there, you said. And um, we just want to bless you as you go. And I was sitting there, and the Lord told me to give you this. So I want to bless, bless you with that and your wife and family. And I just thank you for stopping by. Just a word there. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Dixie. Um, we really appreciate your love, and we appreciate what you're doing. And we know that as we go, you go with us in spirit uh, this assignment um you know i'm i'm kind of getting to the place where i'm slowing down a little bit and um you know my family has told me and many of my friends have said you know it's time to hang up your hat and you know give it a break um so you're either stupid or you're listening to the lord because this assignment um is not a fun assignment this is the most difficult challenge that I've had in 40 years. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I'm going into a country that's 96% Muslim. It's not the place that you get up and preach on the street corner and, and, and you know, people clap and say amen. Um, this is a different ball game altogether. And so my wife's already there. God has opened doors miraculously. We don't mess with government. We don't have to worry about permits and that kind of thing because she's connected to a school that is established and has been there. And it's a Christian school. It's a big school. And they have a lot of influence there. So Muslims. Allow, they will allow them to have a Christian school? They'll allow them to. Now, they're not, they're not particularly um, fond of you uh, winning souls, uh, uh, you know, out of their, their circles. But that's what we're there to do. 
and there are people um, in a section of the country that are getting saved and are being receptive. One of the tribes is, is really, the, the lights are coming on. And so we thank God for that. But it also gives me an opportunity to get into West Africa, the rest of West Africa, without having to fly from America or from Europe at a great expense and so on and so forth. So thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support over the years. It, it's, it really, when you get out there and you know that there's pre people praying for you. Four o'clock this morning, I got a, a message from one of the countries just to assure me that they have been praying and they're looking for us in December to come and encourage. So God's working and he's moving. And one day when we stand before him, we stand in his presence and people come up and introduce themselves part of the reason they there is because you sent missionaries and we're truly thankful for that you said it this morning he we, we did not choose him he chose us he chose us before the foundations of the earth he chose us he set us aside for a purpose and a plan and uh, you, you go and have a look at the, the, the story of Joseph. It's an absolutely yeah. incredible story. It's not just about a little boy in a Mickey Mouse colored suit that he used to wear. It's a very, very important time, a very important story for the time that we're living in, the harvest. This is the time of the harvest. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you, sir. If you want to preach, we'll let you. Okay, come on. Okay. Well, we're going to receive our offerings, and uh, this is First Fruit Sunday, I believe. Now, I heard another little uh, line on that. And I understand that we bring our tithes, we bring our offerings, uh, we give alms, we sow seed into other people. There's different types of giving. But First Fruits is when you give just a little about more than your tithe. And I've had several asking, how do you measure that? And I heard this from uh, Harold Eberly this week. He said, it's like giving God the first bite. And I thought that was good. I've related it to you. you got to feel full of hay, you give him the first bale. But you give him the first bite. So come on, stand up. Let's just bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. <coughs> I speak a blessing over them. Lord, we are giving according to your word and your ways. And Lord, you have blessed us. You have allowed us to live in a land of plenty. Lord, we live in Goshen as believers. And I decree we'll continue that. And I decree you will not allow the elites of the world to rule. I decree you'll not allow one world government. You've always had nations. We bless you. I bless the people. I decree a blessing over this offering. Lord, thank you. You know we need the offerings. You hear these speakers. You need, we need new speakers. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come meet the rock, meet Ernest. Shake somebody's hand you haven't shook this morning.
Well, I'm glad you're here today. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you your word never returns void. We just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at the word this morning. 1 John 4.16. One of these verses that, I don't know, a week or so ago, I read this verse and it was like I'd never read it before and as you know, uh, that happens once in a while. Verses that we know are read over. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. I want to pray a minute. We had, uh, well, I, I want to pray for a couple. You don't know them. Going through some marriage things. And I want to pray for Richard's dad. I want to pray for Jackson and for his parents. And Lord, I just lift them up to you right now. You're the healer of marriages. I decree that. Lord, you change, rearrange whatever needs to be done in that relationship. And Lord, for Richard's dad, his needs this time in his life, for Jackson's parents, Lord, for Jackson, Lord, for every need in our church family, I bring them before you. And I thank you, you're a faithful God. And Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit, this is your word this morning. Make it real in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> you know, it's easy to look at the word, but when you, when you think about the one who abides in love, abides in God. Do you believe you... You abide in God? That you're in God? Is that not what the Word says? How real... See, we live in two worlds, a physical world and a spiritual world. Well, the physical is more real to us, but the spiritual one's the eternal one. And it says, we abide in, if you abide in love, he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. You abide in God, but what about God abides in you? In you. Amen or oh me. Now listen, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. And, and that second verse, verse 2, is one of the... I mean, there's no bad verses unless you're just looking for a quick verse and find Jesus, Judas hung himself. But this, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets you free from the law of sin and death. 
We've been redeemed from the law, from the law of sin and death. There's no condemnation. That condemnation that comes to you, that's not from God. Now, if a person's in sin, they know they're in sin. I mean, and, and that is condemning, but that's not God condemning you. might be God trying to convict you, but God doesn't just harass you. He who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Got an Andrew Murray quote. Our hearts were created so that God might live there. That's your innermost being. Your soul, your spirit, man, your, your inner connection to God, your regenerated spirit. Today's devotion, if you read it, talked about a regenerated spirit. We say a born-again spirit. Your innermost being was made, your heart was made for God to dwell. I challenge you to think about that. Keep that thought. You get thinking about things. Now, I can get to thinking way ahead. But you know that doesn't fix way ahead. That just gets you off out there. And I have to come back and say, Lord, I want you on the throne of my heart. And it's today is the day I live in. Today is the day I need you. Now, I'll need him tomorrow, but... What about today? Today's the only day you can change anything. The only, today's the only day you can allow God to move and work in your life. Our hearts were created so that God might live there. I want to read a part of that, another part of that quote, and I want you to say it with me, but let me read it first. Father, here I am. For you give me as much of Christ's likeness in me as I can receive. So say this. Here I am for you, Lord. To give me as much of Christ's likeness as I can receive. Lord, we're in a receiving mode this morning. Listen, it's about Jesus. You can talk about God putting God on the throne of your heart. You can say God, Jesus on the throne of your heart. You can say Holy Spirit on the throne of your heart. However you want to say that. But get that, <coughs> excuse me, that thought in your mind, the king's on the throne. This is the month. The king's in the field. Come on. The king's in the field. This is the Jewish month when the king was in the field. I'm telling you, we've already felt him in the barn. We see him here. Look, whether you feel him or not, he's here because he lives in you. Come on. We, we're trying to pray like a dog howling at the moon. I mean, like a God that's way off out there somewhere. Your God may be way off out there. Mine's here. He's here. And when you go somewhere, God's there because you're there. He is there. Galatians 2.20. This is the verse I've, one of the foundation verses in, in my life. 
But you know what? I, I, I just continue seeing new places in it. I have been. Now, you, some of the older translations say I am crucified. No, you're not crucified now. Jesus is not crucified now. He is on the throne now. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And listen, you, you can try to live by faith, but if your faith isn't in the person of God or the Lord Jesus Christ, you're, you're just trying to make something happen. Faith apart from God and the Lord is not real faith. This verse says that Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. The other verse said God lives in, abides. Now Christ lives in us. These are verses you need to remember. You need to know where they're at. It says, Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Jesus Christ did that. God did that. These are just fundamental foundation verses, but they're talking about an indwelling Christ. Uh, what's the ver uh, Colossians says, uh, one twenty-seven. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The B part of that verse. Christ in in you, <clears throat> and we've got to <clears throat> think about that when you pray. Where is the God you're praying to? Is he above the moon, or is he? You've got to, when you go to pray, you, you just, you know, a lot of times we say this, Holy Spirit, we welcome you, like he's not here. Come on, he's here. I mean, I could walk up to each of you this morning and say, I welcome you, but you're already here. I mean, he's here. He is here. And we need to know that. We need to know that God abides in us. We need to know that Christ lives in us. That Christ in you is the hope of glory. Romans uh, 13, 14 is another verse. She'll put that one up. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So Christ lives in you. This verse says, put on Christ. Put him on. Go clothed in Christ. Imagine yourself, you've put Christ on. Come on. You won't be intimidated. You won't be doubtful. You won't fear. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then clothed. Angel, you look good. Clothed in Christ. Clothed in Christ. See, we don't do what he says we can do because we don't believe who he is. We're still looking for him out there somewhere. 
He's here because you're here. He's here. Mark, he loves you even on your bad days. John 14, 16. A couple of verses here. Jesus said, I will ask the Father. Do you think Jesus doesn't get what he asked the Father for? And he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, Holy Spirit hadn't came yet. He was talking, and the Old Testament talks about the Spirit of God would come upon a person. Came upon Gideon. Some of the newer translations are saying they were clothed. He came upon them. And that was still the time when Jesus was here. Other than Jesus' ministry. But he said, disciples, the Spirit of God is upon you and will be in you. Well, we live in the in you time. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. So you, the, God abides in you. Christ lives in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. Now, what else do you need? What else do you like being complete? That's where the Word of God says. He has already given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. We are complete in Him. Holy Spirit abides in us. Where do they dwell? They dwell, as I said a while ago, it's in our innermost being. Whether it's the youngest person here or the oldest person here, it's immaterial. He abides in us if we're believers. We are His idea. He put us here to proclaim Him. Where, wherever you go. We got into yesterday at the Brown Cow. We met a guy. I forget what was wrong with his back, I think. You know, and we talked to him about that. And, you know, he said, you know, I, I met him inside and gave him a brochure. And he gave me a hug. And he said, I need this. And then he got to talk to him outside. There's another guy come walking up. I'm a big guy compared to him. And I got to talk to him. He had a cowboy buckle on, you know. And we got in this conversation. We'll get him here sometime. And he said, well, but I'm a little older. I said, okay. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 97. I said, what about Jesus? You know Jesus? He said, yes. He said, after my wife died, said she'd been trying to get me to church for a long time. And he said, one night at home, I kept thinking about that. And I realized church is about over. And I got up and went to church. And I walked in. They standing up to dismiss. And he said, I've come to get baptized tonight. The pastor said, everybody sit back down. But then he began to tell me, he had a military cap on, so I 
asked him about that, and I saluted him. He said, I was the first man to step on the island on D-Day, and he talked about where all they went through. I mean, God's got some warriors around. He's got some people been through different things, just like somebody will tell your story someday of different things you've been through, yet how God's kept him. I, I, I was shocked that he was that old. I thought I might be older than him. But God is on the move. Everywhere we'll let him, he's on the move. And many believe, many Christians believe, all there is to Christianity is to get a person to heaven. Listen, he's more than just getting to heaven. There's so many people that are content with just being saved and they're missing out on what God's got for them in this day and time. God will get you busy for Him regardless of where you're at, where you're working. He will just put people in your way and you'll have to either backslide or talk to them one. He will give you those opportunities if you'll take advantage of them. He wants us to do those things. Why don't we get in those places? We don't want to get... Maybe we don't want to get any closer to God. Maybe we don't want any more of God. Listen, I want all He's got for me. I want to fulfill what He's, he's written. He's got a book written about you. And I want to fulfill everything He's written in that book. I was a late bloomer. I was slow getting started on this. Come on. You, you want to finish what God has written for you. He's got a plan and purpose for your life. He wants you to finish that. <clears throat> but the book of James 4.8 says, Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. I mean, you can have all God you want. He's waiting on you. Oh, the rest of it says, Cleanse your hands. Bob had to cleanse his head the other night. He was, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God. What's it take? Draw near to God. You may have spent some time with him. Why not spend some time with him? That's, that seems to be a difficult thing, and I understand. I'd rather be entertained. My flesh would. I told some, one of the pastors one day, I said, reading the Bible or praying, he said, oh, I understand what you're saying. Praying's work. You really pray. But there's a time when you could just sit down and be quiet. Angie talked about that earlier. Just say, God, I'm here. I just want to hang out with you. It's just good to get quiet. We don't want to. <clears throat> we want the TV on or radio or some noise so we don't have to maybe just hear that little voice. That little voice just keeps calling. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to him, near to God through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to God since he always lives to make intercession for them. 
He is praying for us this morning. You believe God prays for you? The Word of God says He prays for you. Think about this. Now, we've had a lot of guests in our home over the years, and I'm sure, I know you've had guests. But what do you do when you have a guest? Well, there's a difference in a visitor and a guest. A visitor just shows up, you're not ready for them. But a guest, you've made a place. You're ready. You're ready. So, uh, you prepare for them. You serve them. You wait on them. You entertain them. You listen to them. You learn for them, from them. When we first built our house, we had a bedroom. For, this is before Angie, see. We called it Harry's room. Yeah, we had a guy from New Jersey came and bought horses, and he came, and he'd stay with us. I mean, we was ready for Harry. Of course, I like to do business with him, too. But th why don't you think about God that way? Put him on the throne of your heart. That's what he said. The heart was made for a place for God. I learned a lot about horses that way. I've had preachers, I think of some Bob Stone nights and Paul Seca nights and preacher nights when we'd all sit and ask questions and just talk. Just hang out manly. Hang out with God. Hang out with God. Dixie and I do that some. We'll have those times. What do you think about this verse? What does it mean to you? I asked her about some things last night. But God still speaks. We know He spoke to Abraham, it says seven or eight times. He spoke to Gideon, Joshua, Peter, and Paul. He still speaks. He still speaks to people like you and I. But we've got to have a relationship with him. I haven't talked to anybody driving by in a vehicle this morning. They're not con we're not connected. You've got to have a connection some way. You've got to want that connection. Believe. See, believe he really loves you. He abides in you. He created you. You're His idea, but you're here to do what He wants you to do. And that's where we get, we, it's just something that we don't want to do. God may tell you, He told Dixie to write a check this morning. She didn't have that on her heart when she come in here. He may tell you to go visit somebody. He, he's got somebody He wants you to bring to church or the barn meeting or Show them how to get saved. Bring them to Christ. Proverbs 4.18. You read Proverbs this morning? I'm still a believer in Proverbs. Today's the fourth, so I read fourth chapter. It says, The path of the righteous shines brighter. The path's getting clearer. The more you draw into God, it's easier. You, there's some battles. I'm not saying there's not battles, but the Pass and what to do and how to go, you'll know it as you draw near to God. That's what he says. And then uh, Psalms, that first Psalms, 
Psalm 1, verse 3. You'll be like a tree, firmly planted by the water, which yields its fruit in its seasons. Leaf doesn't wither. My leaf's not going to wither. Whatever you do, he will prosper. You will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. Because that tree's planted by living water. You notice how things have dried up this summer? And I noticed since this rain this week, Lord, thank you for the rain. That back arena was some, they kind of tried to work it up and didn't get it done. It's just looked bare. You know what? It's green today because that water put life in it. I'm telling you, there's life here today for you. There's life. He is life. That's who he is. And it's not for those we've talked about that's went on and it was for them, but it's for us too. The Old Testament saints said they studied it out and found out it wasn't for them. It was for the New Testament saints. That's us. That's us. It's for us today. Christ in you is a hope of glory. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself also in all your behavior. Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. People don't, we don't believe that word. He says, Be holy, for I am holy. How can a holy God live in you? How can Christ live in you? How can the Holy Spirit live in you and not make you holy? It's a process. It's a process. And He's given us all we'll receive. He's given us all we'll step into. I want to close with a little clip, a little video, of just uh, two or three minutes of Rick Curry, who's the man that's coming to the barn meeting. And Dixie said the other night, said, this is how I heard about him. She said, I've never watched that. So we got it out and listened to it. The whole thing's about 20 minutes long. But I said, now I see, I forgot the anointing that was on that of why I was led to call him. So... Uh, he was being interviewed on Sid Roth, but we're just going to show you two or three minutes of it. Go ahead. It was multi-national. Uh, it was multi-ethnicities. It was uh, each generation, seven generations came into this magnificent building. Each one of them said were carrying the sound of worship that was unique in their generation. And some of them, I, I couldn't even really make uh, much sense of it in the dream, but some of them sounded like Gregorian chants. Others of it was modern worship, but the sound began to increase voluminously as generations begin to come together, and there was this increased sound That's in the vision he was of having. ordinary, everyday people taking their place 
in this great awakening. There is this synergetic sound released in the earth when the people of God come together in agreement, come together even in a place of desperation. We come together and there's something that is released in the earth through the sound of awakening. Now, I have to tell you, he moves in amazing degree of the glory of God. Uh, tell me some. Tell me the first time the glory filled the room where you were in, and when it filled it, did you just feel it? Did you see it? Uh, what 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 occurred? You know what we had. I had one encounter on a Sunday morning where I saw a vision, again, a vision, an open vision of the Lord entering into the room. And what he said to me as I ended up on the floor in front of my congregation for over six hours, unable to get up off the floor. But in that time, the Spirit of God said, I'm about to release revelation of the Father's heart. Through the revelation of the Father's heart, I'm going to release the fire of my holiness. And through the fire of my holiness, you will see reaped the greatest harvest in a lifetime. Out of that, the Spirit of God began to birth a revival that we would carry with leaders along the Gulf Coast for over a year. One night, I was up front worshiping in the church. And the room was completely full of people. Suddenly said, I felt someone tugging at my coattail. And I turned and looked, and here was a little boy. He looked like he was 8 or 10 years old. Turned out he was 12. He had Down syndrome. And he was looking up at me when I turned and looked at him. He was looking right up at me in the eye. And, and I, looked, I didn't sit, know him. I'd never seen him before. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, what's your name? And he said, my name is Shane. And he said, what's your name? I said, well, my name is Rick. And I said, well, so what's going on, Shane? Because he was just yanking on my coat. And then he said to me, he said, Jesus is here. Come on. And I said, <laughs> I said, say that again, Shane. He said, Jesus is here. And I said, well, Shane, where is he? And he said, well, he pointed. He said, he's right back over there. And I said, well, what's he doing? And Shane said, he's talking to me. And I said, well, Shane, what is he saying? And he said, Jesus is saying to me, I just want to touch my people. Mm. And I said to him, Shane, what did you say to him? And I love this, Sid. Shane said, in the innocence of his childhood, he said, I told Jesus, I'd have to come ask you first. And so he said, you're the pastor. I need to ask you, can Jesus touch his people? And I told him, I said, Shane, you run back. <laughs> you run back there to where Jesus is. And you tell Jesus, we'll take our hands <laughs> off of everything. We want him to touch his people. When I said that, Shane takes off running to the back of the sanctuary. Within two minutes, the glory of God hit that room and said for three hours, miracles were happening all over the room. People were not praying for others. We weren't anointing with oil. Cysts on a friend of mine's arm, arthritic cysts, begin to disappear. A woman blind comes tapping up the center aisle. 
healed miraculously and instantaneously. And the glory of God, the presence of God was just literally touching the people and healing them in that glory outpouring. Thank you, Leo. Tell me. Don't we want Jesus to come touch us? See, I, I just love that. Come wreck us. We've had enough of ourselves. Come on. Old self's what's got us in trouble. Let's stand up and worship him. Jesus, we want you to touch your people. Lord, we all want you to touch us. We just bless you, Lord. We just bless you. Let's just worship him. Just let Jesus touch you this morning. If you're not right with him, come get right with him. Come to the altar this morning. Come to the altar. If you hadn't repented in a while, come repent if you need to. Let's do whatever it is. Lord, we want to draw near to you. We've already said we want all the Christ likeness we can take. Lord, we come to the altar. We bless you, Lord. We come praying for the church. We come praying for meetings. Lord, but we want you to meet with us today. The Lord wants to touch His people. Lord, come, touch us. If you want us to pray for you, we'll pray for you. If you need a touch, come. I want to lay hands on you and pray for you. Lord, we present ourselves a living sacrifice to you. 